Well, just before I speak today, I would like to add my thanks uh, to Joyce uh, for all that she's done at IPC. One of my thoughts has been, uh, as, we, as I have thought about Joyce heading away, is the people uh, who have been served by Joyce. Think about it. You know, people downtown, people struggling and hurting, being loved with the love of God, hearing about Jesus. People in the Rock Heret who have been unable to work, being given the dignity to work. And uh, Christian community, hearing about Jesus and, and knowing his love. Joyce had, was so important, as you've heard, with Healing Care Ministry, uh, informing that. And, you know, people having the courage to face their woundedness uh, so that they might find healing from it. You know, broken, the broken parts of us being made better. And then Refuge, the Jala family, uh, coming all the way from a refugee camp in uh, Africa to a new life in Canada. You know, what higher praise can be given to a Christian minister than that she loved the poor and the broken and the needy in the same way that Jesus did? So we want to thank you, Joyce, for all that you have done and uh, bless you as you head away. Let me pray. Gracious God, we recognize your goodness today. You're, you're with us. Uh, you're ready to speak. And Lord, we're ready to listen to you. So we ask you to do that very thing. Speak into our hearts and into our minds and, and form us, shape us, Lord, <clears throat> to be the people that you call us to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to start a new sermon series today called The Voice. Uh, and it's a play on the name of a television show by the same title. It's a show which I watch occasionally, I enjoy, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But first of all, I'll describe it to you. There are four superstar singers, Blake Sheldon and people of that uh, caliber, and they're called coaches. And the idea is that they would form teams and the teams would compete against one another until one of those teams wins the competition, the singing competition. And what happens at the beginning of the series is that uh, they have what's called blind auditions and the four coaches are in chairs and they, they're turned away from the stage where a singer comes to sing. So the, the, the coaches are looking away and all they can do is hear the voice as it comes, and if they really love the voice and they want that person on their team, they hit the button and their chair mechanically turns around and they get to see who's on, on, on the stage. And if two coaches turn around, then the, the person on the stage gets to choose which coach would be theirs and so forth. It's a lot of fun. But what intrigues me about this show is that when they're turned away and all they're hearing is the voice, there is something that they hear in that voice. I don't think I hear it, honestly. Sometimes, maybe. But there is something that intrigues them. It's a quality of the voice that catches their attention and captures their heart. And they want that person on their team. They listen and they turn and, and they see, you know, who has produced this, this sound that is unique and uh, endearing and attractive to them. Uh, and, and, of course, it goes from there. And, you know, when they hear that voice, they do push their button and they, and, and they respond to what they have heard. Well, we're going to do a series uh, called The Voice, and it's all about hearing the voice, capital T, capital V, the voice of God in our lives. It's all about learning to hear and recognize that voice so that it captures our hearts and our minds, and uh, we get then really ready to respond to what God has spoken in our lives. We're going to talk about how we might put another way, listen to the voice of God as he speaks to us. We're going to start with the idea, very, very simply, that God is a God who does speak directly into our lives. God is a God who not only wishes to communicate with us, but does so 
can do so and does so on a regular basis. We're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. This is the story of the child Samuel uh, in, uh, serving in the temple to whom God speaks directly. And at first, he, of course, he doesn't recognize this voice to be of God, but in time he does, and he enters into a conversation with God, which would last the rest of his life. So let me read 1 Samuel 3, verses 1 to 11. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. He called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as uh, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. And from there on, going forward, there's this discussion that you can read on your own if you wish. See, it's an incredible story. It really is a remarkable story of this this young boy hearing someone speak to him, but in reality, not recognizing that voice, not knowing that it was God who was speaking to him. Didn't understand it, didn't know of the voice of God. But as I've said, he ends up in this conversation with the Lord. Now, what do we learn? Number one, very simply, but very significantly, God does speak to his people. In this instance, it seems that that it's a very audible voice. Why would a child uh, hear and get up and go to Eli unless it was an actual audible voice? And sometimes when God speaks, it's audible. Sometimes it's it's in a dream. Um, Think of Joseph, who would ultimately marry Mary, he had a dream and the angel came to him and said, go and take Mary home as your wife rather than divorcing her and so forth. God speaks through dreams. Sometimes it's in a vision, many visions in, in the Bible that God gives to people. Think of Ananias when Saul had been struck down on the road to Damascus and couldn't see and God said in a vision to Ananias, go and minister to him, which of course he did. Sometimes, and I would suggest most often, it comes through scripture, the, 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 the primary means whereby God speaks into our lives is, is the Bible. And then sometimes it's that inner voice, that still small voice that Elijah heard at the mouth of the cave when God spoke to him, uh, a quiet whisper, if you would, an internal uh, recognition that God was speaking into his mind and into his heart. We're going to talk more about these different ways in which God speaks. We're going to focus on the word and, and the, the inner voice, the whisper in these weeks. 
But I want to tell you, my friends, God speaks. He always has, and he continues. He wishes to communicate to you and me. Uh, it's, it's, it's in the nature of being in relationship with him. Now, some say this isn't so. Some say that when the scripture was finished, a couple thousand years ago, when it was written down, God inspired the apostles to write and so forth, that's when God stopped speaking. And I want to say again, it is absolutely clear that the more subjective ways of hearing God speak uh, have to yield to the, to the scripture, to the authority and, and to the inspiration and to the revelation of God in the Bible, which is complete. Um, but nowhere in the Bible does it say that God has stopped speaking to his people in other ways. Nowhere. It's interesting, in Jesus' days, day, the Sadducees, uh, Sadducees were a sect of Judaism, um, they were the theological, theologically liberal people in that day. They didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in the resurrection, for example. And they also didn't believe that God had spoken since the time of Moses. Um, ironic, I will admit to you, that as they stood and spoke to Jesus, they were hearing the voice of God and didn't know it. it says something in itself. But I want you to think of, of, of these points when you hear or, of or consider the fact that God might not speak anymore. Number one, God is a highly relational God. Think of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in Trinity, in the Trinity for eternity past. In, in a love relationship, in communication. God, is, God is, is all the way through the Bible, a God who enters into relationship with his people. And what we would have to ask ourselves if we are tempted to believe that maybe he doesn't speak to his people anymore is why? Why would we ever think that he would stop now? Why would we think that this highly relational God wouldn't speak to people with whom he's in relationship? Now, I want to tell you, my friends, he wants to speak to you. And he wants to speak to me, and indeed he does. We're going to assume in this series that God speaks today in the same ways that he spoke during the time uh, of the biblical record, uh, in exactly the same way. Well, think about this idea. Not only is God relational, think about how God is presented to us and how we are presented in relationship to him in the Bible. For example, Jesus is described as the shepherd and we are described as the sheep. Now, I'm going to go to John 10 and I'm going to read the first six verses of the chapter and I want you to listen uh, to the wor- for the word voice. how the shepherd speaks to the sheep. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. They didn't hear the voice of God. Uh, There's no question in in this text that we as a sheep are intended to recognize the voice of the shepherd when Jesus speaks into our lives, and as a result to then follow him. Hear and go as he leads. Think of another 
dynamic description of our relationship with God in the Bible used very, very often. God is parent and we are child. God is God the Father and we are his children. Well, think about that relationship of parent to child. It's close and it's trusting and it's a relationship in which communication is both constant and incredibly important. Can you imagine a relationship like that without dialogue? It just wouldn't happen. And then lastly, think about the book entitled The Song of Songs or The Song of Solomon. There, the relationship between God and ourselves is portrayed as a relationship between two lovers, people who are deeply and personally and intimately connected and in love. It's hard to think that that kind of relationship could exist without speaking. As a matter of fact, what the book is consist, consists of is these two lovers talking to one another and complimenting one another and describing their love for one another. So my friends, number one, yes, God speaks. Uh, it's, it's in his nature, and it's in the nature of our relationship with him. Point number two, back to Samuel chapter three. There are many people like Samuel who hear God's voice but do not recognize it as from God. This might be you. It's very possible. Like Samuel, they, they don't know where the voice of God is, uh, where the voice is coming from. I've read a couple of scholars uh, in preparation for this series. One of them is Dallas Willard, and the other is a man named Jim uh, Wilder of Fuller Seminary. Both truly brilliant men. And um, both came to the same comment uh, in their work in many ways I suppose but in one way what they what they came to was this God speaks into our minds all the time over and over and over again we just don't know that the thoughts that we are thinking are from him and I hope that intrigues you that God has been speaking into your mind he probably is now and he will continue to speak into your mind it's just a matter of us coming to a place where we recognize that voice, as Jesus said in John chapter 10. Listen, if you are in relationship with God through Jesus, if you become a believer, he desires to communicate with you. And you can be in an ongoing conversational relationship with him. That's exciting. That's really exciting. Point number three, like Samuel, most often people need someone to help them know that it is God who is speaking to them when he actually is. See, Samuel as a child had no concept of the voice, the voice of God when he heard it. But he had Eli. And it was Eli who instructed him, who taught him that indeed this was the voice of God. Eli even told him what to say in response to God when God spoke. And I'm going to read again verse 9 to you. It says this. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. See, here's the assumption that I bring to this. There are many people who are listening, or likely many people who are listening to what is being said today, who need to be taught to recognize the voice of God. It's there. God speaks. But we need to, uh, to, to come to a place where we know this is of God. And that's going to happen a number of ways. This series is really intended to take us there in the end and, and, and to identify and, and help us realize when God speaks. Um, 
But there's another idea that's weaved into this text as I've described it to you. And I would say this to you who, who want this in your life. Find an Eli. Find a spiritual mentor in your life. This is so important in so many ways, but find someone who is ahead of you in the journey, more spiritually mature than you might be, and learn from them to understand the voice of God. Learn from them when God speaks that indeed it is the voice of the shepherd speaking into our lives so that when the shepherd speaks, we as the sheep can follow. You see, Jesus wants to guide uh, us in, in, in the paths that he has chosen for us. Jesus wants to speak his will into our lives by his Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes what is the will of God? He speaks it if we will recognize his voice and know it. He wants to come into our lives and, 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 and express his love, the love of God for us, clearly communicating that to us. He wants at times to come into our, into our lives and, and challenge us and maybe even convict us so that we might repent and you know, grow close in, in fellowship with him again. See, what I'm saying to you today, my friends, is we can learn through sermon series. Let's think seriously about, about finding a spiritual mentor. But we can learn to recognize the voice of the shepherd and, that, and, and, and in the end, engage in this conversational relationship with God. I want to tell you this is a critical part of being in relationship with God. If we want to go deeper, if we want to know more, if we want to discover in more profound ways what it means to be in relationship with God. Now, I want to say this. This is important. We all need to learn how to hear the voice of the shepherd, hear that still, small voice, understand it when God is speaking into our minds because the things that I'm describing to you can be abused. Cult leaders, for example, will tell people, God has spoken to me and therefore you must do this and they will exercise power in completely illegitimate ways, not kingdom-oriented ways uh, over the lives of people. Think of Jim Jones decades ago, that cult leader who once said to his people, God has said to me, we must all drink this poison and die. And they did it because they gave that um, authority, if you would, to their leadership. No, I want to say this to you, my friends. God needs to speak to your spiritual leaders. Of course he does. It's so critical that uh, he does and that we hear and that we listen and that we follow the shepherd. That's our task. As we lead the congregation, we've got to follow Jesus, etc. But I want to tell you this. You as the people of God need to uh, learn to recognize the voice and know what God is saying as well. Because when God speaks to the leadership and then God speaks to the people, we know in unity that God has spoken and we know what he's calling us forward to. Think of, think of the times that that this has happened. Moses was spoken to clearly by God at the burning bush. What did he do? He then went to the elders of Israel and God spoke to them. Uh, Think of the time Paul went to the Bereans and and preached this new gospel, the gospel of Jesus. What did they do? I believe it's Acts 17. They went to their Old Testament scriptures to search the scriptures to see if indeed what Paul was saying to them was of God. And they let God speak through scriptures in in that circumstance. You see, my friends, we all have to learn We can listen to sermon series, we can study scripture, we can read great books about this, and I would encourage you to. You can get a mentor, but in the end of the day, we have got to know. You know, we have got to discern the voice of God as community, 
No one person standing up and saying, well, God has said this to me and assume that everybody is going to believe. Well, that's it. No, we do it together, whether it be senior leadership or, or, or whether it be an individual in the congregation. No, 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 no. We need to do this as a community. And as we do, we hear the voice of God. Now, why is it that sometimes some people do not hear this voice beyond what we've described? Lack of recognition. Well, sometimes it's because we are not alive to God. You might remember some weeks ago, we looked at Ephesians chapter 2, and it talked about people being spiritually dead. Well, and I described to you there, dead people don't do anything. They certainly don't hear. And, and the reality is that some people don't hear of God because they need to be converted. They need to come into a relationship with God by faith in Jesus. Think about Adam and Eve. You know, they walked with God in the garden. There's our model, by the way. They lived with God. They had dialogue with God in an ongoing, beautiful fashion. It was paradise. That's what we're headed to again in Revelation, as I hope you know, after our studies of the story of God. But, of course, they then sinned. And that relationship with God was broken. But more than that, I'm going to quote Dallas Willard here, they lost the capacity or appropriate facility to hear God. They didn't have the spiritual wiring anymore in order to hear God. And in the end of the day, it is the shepherd who speaks to the sheep, and it is the sheep who hear his voice, not the goats or any other animal in the particular vicinity. It is the, it is the sheep with whom the shepherd is in relationship. So my friends, I'd say to you, maybe some of you here who, who are listening to me today, are you in relationship with God? That's the beginning point. Some of you may not be. Some of you might, for the very first time, even now be beginning to hear the voice, as the young Samuel did. He, it said the word of the Lord hadn't been revealed to him yet. Here it began to be revealed to him so that he began to understand, he began to hear from God, and it transformed his life. So some of you may need to come to that point of approaching the Lord and confessing your sin and committing your life to him and moving forward now in that relationship with God. And I'd highly encourage you to do that because it's there you can begin to hear the voice of God. It's there that you will find life um, and life eternal. Well, sometimes uh, we as Christians don't hear the voice because of the way we're living. You know, sometimes we're not ready to obey God if indeed God were to speak to us. This is so important. When you, when you think back to 1 Samuel chapter 3, Eli coached Samuel with this response. And uh, I'll read it to you again, verse 9. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So of course, Samuel went and lay down in his place. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Uh, this is so critically important. The reality is that, that when, when God speaks, you know, he's not going to speak to us if we're not going to take his wor word seriously and if we're not going to obey what he speaks into our lives. We have to approach God with a humble and responsive and submissive heart, recognizing that he's God and, and being ready to obey what God tells us to do. Guiding here, um, challenging and convicting there, whatever it might be. 
we have to be ready to respond as his servant. You know, just a comment, we have to recognize too that when we are in relationship with God, we're not in an equal partnership. You realize that, don't you? When we enter into a relationship, and indeed when we begin to dialogue with God, we're talking to God, God Almighty, God All-Powerful, God All-Knowing, God who is infinite. Um, and our blessing is to be able to, speak, to hear from God, and our blessing is to be able to dialogue with God. But in the end of the day, it is for us to be willing to be obedient to God's voice when we hear it and recognize it, and to then allow our lives to be transformed in whatever way it is that God speaks. And then lastly, maybe sometimes uh, you know, we won't hear from God because we're not in close, intimate, and deeply personal relationship with God. Let's pause right now and ask you, each of you who are listening to me, are you in that deeply loving and intimate and personal relationship with God? Are you living in harmony with God? Are you walking with God? Is Jesus... Are you abiding in Jesus as Jesus is abiding in you? Are you the prodigal who comes home on a daily basis and receives the warm embrace of the Father and the assurance of forgiveness and, 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 and son or, or, or daughter uh, status in the mind of God? Or are you living your life closely with him? Are you close to God right now? Or is God someone who you, whom you might believe in, but he's distant and far off? You're not connected with him. You know, again, think of Adam and Eve before they sinned in the Garden of Eden. It was an intimate walk. It was personal. It was close. You know, there's an old, old song I want to quote now. I'm guessing people who are maybe in the, from the middle of our age demographic and up, they might recognize this song. I, this is an old, old song from way back in my life. And maybe the younger demographic won't know this song, but listen to the words regardless. And the words are these. And he, God, and he walks with me every day and he talks with me and he tells me i am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known see my friends that's spiritual intimacy with god <laughs> that's a, that that's two lives joined together that's being in the presence of one another in love where such joy bubbles up because we're together, that we feel like we're the only person or people in the world who have ever experienced this remarkable and beautiful and deeply good relationship. I want to tell you it's in that intimate relationship with God in which the voice is heard most clearly and most profoundly and most consistently. Draw close to God, it says in Scripture, and He will draw close to you. It's a promise. And God will speak to you in that intimate and quiet place. Sometimes that happens in worship on a Sunday morning. I hope it's happening right now, honestly, even though we're not together. I hope God is speaking to you by his spirit, giving you thoughts, enlightening scripture, challenging you, guiding you, helping you. Some, the other thing I would suggest is necessary is that one-on-one -on -one time with God. Go into that uh, that room, Jesus said, and close the door and pray to your Father who is in heaven. That devotional life that is just a regularly, regular and consistent part of our experience where you meet with your God and the joy you share as you tarry there none other has ever known. It's a beautiful time. And if that's hard for you to discover, again, find a mentor and let them teach you about it. Or just dig in and let God 
lead you forward into that dynamic. Because in that place, you will begin to walk closely with him. He will talk to you and he will tell you that you are his own. Such an important thing back in Samuel chapter 3. What did God speak to Samuel first? He spoke his name. And he called him into dialogue, into relationship, into understanding with God himself. Listen, I wonder this week as we go forward from here whether you might ask God to lead you in this way, lead you into conversational relationship with him, which I'm telling you today he desires with you. Could you this week pray consistently, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening? Could you invite God to begin to identify his voice in your life? Can you ask him to help you as Samuel learned to recognize the voice of God, to help you learn to recognize that voice? My friends, I want to tell you, Samuel was that young child in that day, and God began something profound in his life that would last the rest of his life, and he would become that powerful prophet of Israel who would be anointing kings because God told him to. David is the one, not his brothers. He's the one. And so on and so on and so on. This is the kind of relationship, honestly, that you can have with God. If you'll just but learn to recognize his voice. I'm going to pray for you now. Let's pray together that God will do that very thing. Gracious God, we just praise you that we can have this kind of relationship with you. Not a relationship where our conversation is simply one way where we can have a conversation with you, Lord, that is a dialogue, literally, as we learn to discern the voice of God in our minds. So we would pray, our God, that you would move by your spirit in the life of this congregation and well beyond it as people listen, and you would teach us to be sheep who hear the voice of the shepherd and follow after him in unique and distinct ways because he is our shepherd and because he has gone before us. Lord, I I just pray that this will become a reality for so many people who have never experienced it before. And I pray for those who have, that they'll take strides forward in learning more and more and more what it means to know and obey the voice of God. God, call us into that intimate relationship. Call us into that spiritual intimacy with you that we can know and bring our faith alive as we begin to hear your voice, obey it, and respond to you. So, Lord, let the voice become a big part of our relationship with you. And let that voice transform us and shape us and shape our relationship with you. Now, God, this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Just as I finish, I, uh, I want to mention again our annual meeting at 1130. You're certainly... Invited to attend that, uh, those of you who have been given the invitation and so forth. Um, I'd also mention that there is no virtual foyer, as we've been calling it. People more recently around here have been calling it the coffee hour. As people come together online in a Zoom format, I believe, just to talk to one another and enjoy being together. That's not going to happen today, but uh, we'll be preparing and and beginning the uh, annual meeting at 1130. So so I look forward to seeing you there if if indeed uh, you wish to come. Thank you.